So before um, our liturgist comes to read today's scripture, which is from the lectionary text in my series, I'm following the lectionary text, um, and so you'll find an insert in your bulletin of the complete text, which we won't read because it's way too long, but I like to include it because uh, I think it's important. Um, and so we'll be reading from the story of Noah today and uh, from Jesus' baptism. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about some of the themes, and for those of you who were here um, on Ash Wednesday, and I just, I, I was here, and I just have to say it was a, a beautiful way to enter into Lent. And today we're going to be talking and continuing uh, some of those themes that Pastor Brad spoke about uh, that night. It's kind of interesting. We didn't talk about this, but our themes do dovetail sometimes, which I think is really nice. But Pastor Brad reminded us that Lent isn't just about giving up chocolate, although I would add to that that if giving up chocolate makes you feel closer to Jesus, great. On the other hand, if eating chocolate makes you feel closer to Jesus, that's okay too. Um, But what I think he meant is that surrender, it doesn't just mean giving up something. When we think about what comes between us and God, it's most often our own self. Um, And so we talk about getting out of our own way. And I'll I'll just, I'll share with you what I burned in the ashes um, on Ash Wednesday. I burned my own self-doubt, because it keeps me from being in touch with God's love for me. And so surrender doesn't have to be about doing more charity or, or giving up things or giving away more money or emptying ourselves. It really, really means removing obstacles that keep us from feeling God's love in every cell of our body and in our spirit. Uh, so let's hear the word of our Lord. From Genesis 9, verses 8 to 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and... The bow is seen in the clouds. I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And from Mark 1, verses 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven You are my son, the beloved, and with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him him out into the wilderness. 
He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Holy wisdom, holy words. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> With Alan's permission, I now return. There's just a few more dance steps in this service <laughs> than there is in the first service. It's a good thing we're among friends. So a pastor was offering children's moment on Matthew 4.19, and it's the passage where Jesus says, I will make you fish for people. Um, and so the pastor first asked if any of the children had been fishing and how had they done that and what was that like? And they talked for a while about that. And then the pastor asked, well, what would they think they would need to do to catch people? And they thought about it, and one boy said, throw them in. (laughs) And I just think that's perfect, isn't it? Because we really like to be in control. Uh, We like to know we have our autonomy and we influence our environment and we have choice. So maybe it takes total immersion to be caught by Jesus. Throw us in. Let us feel our powerlessness in the face of the commitment from God. Because baptism is about our response to the commitment God has already made to us. Last month we spoke about the need to continually renew our relationship with God, to keep turning toward God as life's challenges tempt us away. And in in today's lectionary text, we heard the story of Noah. And for some of us, for some of us, life's challenges may have felt like that at times, like the floodwaters were rising, threatening our home, our family, even our lives. Maybe none of us have been literal refugees, but maybe some of us have. Um, Some of us may have lived through fire or flood or worse, but for others of us, divorce can feel like the end of our world. The loss of a job, death of a loved one. In fact, each and every one of us has had a moment or more than one moment when we've lost our mooring and felt adrift on an open sea. So how are we to view God's commitment to us in the face of such times? And surely that is the central question in the story of Noah. I think it's one of the most dramatic stories in the Bible, as filled with symbolism as it is with real human emotion, and as filled with promises as it is with threats. It's no coincidence that it was at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window. Uh, of the ark, and it isn't a coincidence that our Lenten journey lasts 40 days. Uh, Brad talks about the new beginning that 40 days represents in the Bible, but that only comes at the end of the 40 days. So those days represent a spiritual journey toward a new beginning, but it isn't guaranteed. It's a time when faith is tested and examined and given the chance to renew itself. So for 40 days, Noah and his wife and his children and a lot of smelly animals journeyed on the open seas. 
after God gives them a chance to survive in the face of catastrophe. But it's God who brings the catastrophe. In this story, it's God who punishes and God who rewards, God who gives and God who takes. In fact, the history of our faith is deeply imprinted with this idea of a God to be feared, to be propitiated by sacrifices, by fasting, by doing our chores. The history of our faith is deeply imprinted by the idea that our actions can somehow influence how God feels about us. Um, And that idea is paired with another idea, that events which befall us can somehow be interpreted as judgments from God, for good or for bad. So how are we to view God's commitment to us if it can be revoked at any moment based on our behavior? How are we to understand God's commitment to us if it goes hand in hand with punishment, with acts of destruction that can lead even to death? The Hebrew word translated as covenant uh, is brit, and it literally is so old that we can't trace its origin. We don't know where it came from. Isn't that amazing? But we do know without a doubt that the idea of a covenantal relationship with God goes back thousands of years. It's ancient. In fact, it might be more ancient than written history. And I think that's very profound. Those of you who know me may be grateful to know that I've cut the six pages I originally had on the development of the word breed from possible Akkadian roots and the significance of suzerain treaties in the Old Testament. But it's, <laughs> but it's so interesting, to me anyway, not to many people. But it's enough to know that for thousands of years, we, are, we as a people have understood that our God is a relational God, and we've tried in those thousands of years to understand what it is that God requires of us. Are we supposed to submit in fear? Are we supposed to obey unquestioningly? Are we supposed to trust even if we've been hurt before? Imagine Noah trying to hold fast to God's promise as the floodwaters literally raged over the earth. God chose him, sure, but God was about to destroy the entire world except for what could fit on that boat. I have to think that it was in fear and submission and loyalty and righteousness, I'm sure, too, but at the threat of death that Noah tried to carry out God's will. And how are we to view that? And then came the moment of truth, the moment when the storm subsides, and Noah goes to the window of the ark with trembling hands, after having spent unknown hours in the dark on the raging sea, imprisoned with a hungry, terrified crowd, and he reaches to open that window. Will God be there? Will God have kept his promise? And Noah looks out the window, emerging from his 40-day sojourn and seeking God's presence in fear and hope, desperation and awe. And just at the moment when the light shines on his face, God makes a covenant with him and his descendants for all time. That is a total immersion moment. 
an awareness of God as the keeper of covenant, water, immersion, a new birth, and a covenant from God. And then we have Jesus arriving with the crowds. And that I have to tell you, that image just gets me every time. He, he's with the crowds. He never set himself apart. Not even then. He arrives to be baptized by John. And when John implores him to reverse roles, even then, Jesus, I am not worthy. Please, you should be baptizing me. Jesus says, no, I know, but this is important. And so John surrenders to Jesus. And Jesus surrenders to John, to the water, to God, and to us. To us. A total immersion moment. I just invite you to go there, into that moment of baptism, where the water is so cold it takes your breath away. You would gasp, but you can't because you're underwater. You're fighting this feeling of helplessness. You can't breathe at all. And fighting it only makes it worse. You have to surrender. Okay, God, I give you my life. It's all I have. But I know I have to give it to you in order for anything else to make sense. And you emerge again, breathless. And in the very next moment, filled with the breath of God, of the Holy Spirit, Surrendering and then lifted, blind, deaf, senseless, and raised back into God's love. You are my beloved, and who I am well pleased. Not just brought to new life, but loved and cherished. From total immersion comes total commitment. That's God's covenant with each of us. And Jesus taught us to surrender, not in fear, but in love, in love. So what have been the total immersion moments in your life? Do you remember them? Moments that took your breath away, that that maybe drove you to your knees. When have you left your old life behind, maybe without even knowing it? When have you had nothing left to lean on but God's love? Did your fear keep you from trusting God? Did you fight to hold on to control? Baptism and covenant are at the roots of our faith, and maybe each of them is a one-time, forever moment. But throughout our lives, there are smaller moments that remind us of who we are because of who we belong to. Maybe it was the first time you fell in love when you realized you were no longer running this show, but being drawn in by the powerful magnet of the object of your love. Powerless. You realized you were powerless before this mystery. Maybe it was the birth of your first baby. The first time... (laughs) For me, I think that might have been one of them for sure. Looking into those beautiful eyes and realizing you weren't having a baby. The baby was having you. The tables were turned and you were powerless. The force of that love took your breath away. And you knew without a doubt you would serve that little being for the rest of your life. Total immersion. Total commitment. And when we make 
a total commitment to God, but not a commitment based on what we expect from God or what we fear from God or, in fact, on anything we think we might know about God. When we, in fact, surrender ourselves, could it be only in that moment of surrender that we experience a God who loves us? So what in your life, what people, what places, what prayers, maybe what poetry or music, what reminds you that you are the beloved of God and that God is well pleased? During this Lenten season, this 40-day sojourn, when we're given the opportunity, as Pastor Brad named it, the opportunity and the sacred duty when we're invited and encouraged to examine our faith in preparation for experiencing Jesus' Paschal mystery. Think about your commitment to God and your response to God's covenant with you and to the life of Jesus that surely was the culmination of that covenant. Is your relationship filled with fear and doubt or love and trust or a little of both depending on what's going on in your life? What or maybe how? Are you prepared to surrender so that Jesus can catch it? Will you pray with me? God, throughout our lives, help us feel your presence. Help us feel the guidance of Holy Spirit and help us surrender to that powerful force of Jesus in our lives. All this we ask in Christ's name.